0: Hello, everyone. Today on Sometimes, I, I don't know, but here we go, I guess. Here we go. I, I should have thought of an intro. I, I think a lot of it is that there is just an unsustainable way. We are talking to each other, treating each other, having conversations about things. And I've noticed more and more people are becoming alarmed to that fact. Not to say that there weren't a lot of people already sort of alarmed to that fact but uh it 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 feels like it is it is finally hitting a point where even a lot of the people who participated in a lot of these cultures and that's myself included are are seeing the inviability of this and so uh today's episode sex doesn't sell contempt does that's what we're going to be talking about. That's what we're going to be chatting about. First, we'll probably look at some news, see what's going on, and see what we all think of that. Well, oh, here just, we go. Just
1: for the record, just for the record, sex sells too, still. I mean...
0: You know what's funny is they've actually done studies that it doesn't. Really? Yeah, I mean, there are specific things where it's like, okay, over here, yes, sex is going to sell, you know... Um, a certain line of types of clothing or it's going to sell, uh, something where, you know, it probably, probably anywhere. Somebody is, it might questions one's masculinity. It's probably going to show up there too. But as far as like overall, uh, it, it, there, there were studies that were like kind of looking at the ridiculousness of like a Carl's Jr. Commercial uh, that kind of thing. It was, and it, it it doesn't sell the way people think it does anymore. And I think a part of that is just that we've become so desensitized to the concept of it just being in our face everywhere. Whereas like, even, even with movies, when I was younger, like a teenager, you're like, Hey, does anybody know if there's a sex scene in that movie? And now you're just kind of like, all right, well here we'll get through the yeah. f- couple minutes of a sex scene and get back to the adventure. Cause I yeah. want to see whether or well, not the monster does eat those kids,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really funny. There was this great hilarious YouTube video about 10 years ago and it was called, you know, HBO has got their, they're saying it's not TV, it's HBO. And what this, what this skit was, was a bunch of actors calling their mom to tell them, That they just got cast and they're explaining their part, and it's all these gratuitous sex scenes. So it's like someone calling in, going, "Yeah, I got this thing, and it's really, really great." And so I'm completely naked, and you know, or blah blah. And like, oh, I'm doing this scene, and I come in, and and my partner just starts ripping off my clothes, and blah 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 blah. And their parents are like, "Oh my god, you're doing porn," and they're like, "No, (laughs) it's HBO." And then their family like celebrates, and they they bust champagne and and all this stuff. And then at the end, it just goes, "It's It's not porn. porn."
0: It's HBO. Uh, I can only imagine, like, if I was an actor and I got a scene like that. Now, my parents uh, avoid these types of things because of their deeply entrenched Mormonism. So I don't have to like. My parents stopped watching Gotham when they're when they're uh, they added a lesbian couple to it. When they're like, oh, wow. okay, Barbara's a lesbian now. I'm out. I'm gone. <laughs> uh, there's literally like murderers in that show. And they're like, but yeah, I I will well, not put up. W- I, I will put up with a lot to a point, but I will not put I up mean, with just, that.
1: Just speaking about it. I mean, th- there is a really funny thing within our culture where sex, I mean, e- any kind of sexual act will get a rating above, you know, PG or PG 13. Um, with, with any kind of sexual act or even suggestions of sexual acts. And then even if it's like you know, consensual, two people love each other, or whatever, whatever, whatever. But the funny thing is murder is just, ev- I mean, it's so commonplace. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's, you could have G rated murder now. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like people get shot and killed on, on primetime television. It's like when, when, you know, my partner will be watching TV, just regular old family people programming every episode starts with a murder every single one yeah and but 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 there's murder there's gunshots there's violence there's all this stuff but then the second somebody like even suggests something sexual they're like oh this is this isn't appropriate for kids
0: yeah yeah no 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 uh
1: there's I, a great. Colin well, I keep in mind where, that
0: every Disney film usually starts with like the parents dying or establishing the dying. deaths of the parents. Like parents
1: it's like, getting killed, it's like, and it's not just parents dying; it's parents getting killed. Hey, like, everybody! Uh, welcome
0: like, to Tarzan. Did you cut? Co- did you want to see the version where where the parents you actually see them get eaten by the jaguar? Was that what?
1: <laughs> is that
0: the version you were here
1: to? Yeah, yeah. To watch. It's like. Everybody know, like Bambi, the Lion King. Yeah. It's just, it's always, it's always parents getting murdered. Uh, George Carlin <laughs> had this hilarious bit back in the day where he goes, he, he talks about the F word. I don't know if we've passed the point where we can say it live, but. Yeah, just, you um, know, you do
0: it, with the podcast, we don't worry about it so okay, much. Okay. So, yeah.
1: So essentially, he says, he says, he says, fuck is a bad word but kill is not a bad word. Fucking is the creation of life. Killing is the end of life. Would you rather be fucked or killed? Would you rather fuck someone or kill someone? And then he goes, he goes, he's like, I say we go back and just take all those like Western movies and just replace the word kill with the word fuck. So (laughs) it's like, well, sheriff, I'm going to fuck you now.
0: Get out of here or I will fuck you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's like this, this town ain't big enough for the both of us.
0: So One I'm of us first. is gonna have to get <laughs> fucked. Uh, anyway, back to the HBO thing. I just imagine right, if I was yeah. an actor and I had normal parents, uh, and it, just imagine that phone call where you're like, "All right, I just gotta. I just got. Man, I'm really hanging my dong out a lot in this in this Game of Thrones part." And you're just like <laughs> calling your parents, just boop, boop 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 boop. Hey, you guys don't like Game of Thrones, right? Because <laughs> I'm thinking about accepting a part and I don't want you to ever see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend and and, then mind you, these are like my favorite shows in the whole world. But like, I had a friend who was the set designer for Westworld and I freaking loved Westworld. But if you remember, I mean, there's like a whole, uh, uh, like we're, uh, like warehouse of robots and they're all just naked people and she, it was literally her job to like get the hundreds of naked extras to come and stand completely still and like do their body makeup, you know. And it's just like she's just sitting there like putting makeup on naked people going yeah. like, this is my job. This is my prestigious award winning job. Right here. And hey, can we, uh,
0: I mean, can we get some contouring on Tommy? His, his balls are just sticking out way too far. Is there, <laughs> is there something we can do with shadows or.
1: I remember I asked her to one time. Cause I mean, I was talking to her and this was just the first question that came to mind. Cause I'm sick. Like other than only naked people. And she was telling me, yeah, I got to go on set and do the makeup for all the naked people. And I was just like, what does it smell like? <laughs> With that many naked and, people in a room, and by the like, way, while we're on the does topic, it smell like. Do you
0: ever have to use makeup to make certain body parts feel larger? And could you teach me
1: <laughs> how? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so silly. But uh, and, and I don't know. Did you read the the tale of ice and fire? Did you read any of the books uh, of Game of Thrones? I don't. I
0: so I I think I started. And then uh, I definitely did that thing where you learn a bunch of stuff by watching YouTube videos that happen right, in the books. Right. And then like you um, you learn other things by having conversations and reading on Reddits. And so uh, I, 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 I got started on them. I think it was audiobooks. But I definitely had a lot of conversations where I would say the phrase, you know, well, in the books, you know, Catelyn yeah. Stark actually comes back. She ends yeah. up being a, like, so a lot of, to a lot of people, I, they think I've read the books.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that's, that's perfect to my point. Cause I have not read the books. Okay. Um, but, but have I, you, have I you made heard. lots
0: of in the, you know, in the books, in the books? No, what, I,
1: yeah. well, no, no, no. I, what I do is I listen to people who say in the books, you know, so, that's so somebody that about. I was listening to say in the books, potentially you even, Yeah. um, Somebody had said that the the whole thing about the brothel wasn't even in the books. They they literally just added that to the HBO show. And I know in the first couple seasons it's just tons of like nudity and sex and stuff and it's almost like they they just added that in. Okay, to, but I
0: don't think I don't think when we're talking Game of Thrones and I want to get on to the news here in a second and then we'll we'll yes, talk about yes. our big topic of the day. But I don't think that means that the books lacked it. If anything, there is more consent in the show. And there's oftentimes not consent in the show uh, than there is in the books. That is my understanding of the situation as a person who without reading uh, the books is an expert on what's in the books versus in the show. All right.
1: So, uh, so, you want to dive into the news first? I I'm down to, to dive right into this topic. Cause I think it's super important,
0: but I like hitting the news and, and making sure there's a lot of people who get their news from us. So got it. You, we don't want to leave them in the dust. That's there was, some, there was some news today where I just remember when we were doing the sometime show, it would 100% be the type of thing where we go, okay. Do we make a joke about this? And if so, what's okay? You know what I mean? And and I even think, so listen, obviously we, we've we talked about jokes that are not cool to make, uh, things we disagreed with, with like Chappelle on his recent sh- special and stuff. We talked about all that kind of stuff. I will say right. there is some nuance to what is okay to make as a joke just to like friends And what is okay to make more? And I think a lot of people like, no, inappropriate joke is an inappropriate joke. And here's where I will push back on that. You're not necessarily wrong about that. But as far as accountability, when you're amongst friends and just a, a smaller group versus something you're putting out there publicly that you actually are adding to a conversation, even with a joke. One thing that people are kind of losing these days, and this actually kind of gets into our topic to tell you the truth, but we'll 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 bounce yeah. in and out. one thing that people are losing nowadays is that your friend group, like the people immediately around you, uh, uh, what should be a more small isolated group versus your public everyone, that's supposed to be where you can get,, um, where you can publicly, experiment with language where you can publicly or not publicly, where you can privately, where you can with just your friends, having a friend group is supposed to be, uh, you're supposed to be learning basically the whole time. You're supposed to be experimenting with language and with all these things. And so, yeah, the, the, (laughs) you definitely have to have those people who ground you and who you get to have those like different jokes with and go like, okay, That joke's had a little bit of, "Mm," but at the same time, my like, I know you, I know where it's coming from. I have an understanding of some background of you and people, I think a lot are losing it now. And the unfortunate thing is a lot of times the best jokes are the ones that do come close to the lines, but don't necessarily cross them. They just sort of border them. And if you don't have the, if you don't have the spaces to experiment I just feel like it's making a lot of. I think. I think the world as a whole, on average, may be less funny than it's ever been.
1: Well, okay, I, I have to comment on this because I'm a stand-up comedian, and 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 you I, are. Well, you I mean, never just,
0: mention it. I know. <laughs> I never mention it.
1: It's almost like I never mentioned my master's program either. Yeah. Um, No, I. I am, and and here's the thing. I hear so many comedians complain about how how uh political correctness is killing stand-up comedy. And I don't agree. The Which is not the agree, point
0: I was making, by the way.
1: And the way you're
0: presenting it is kind
1: of making me sound like a dick. That, what?
0: <laughs> I said that's not that wasn't the point I was making, by the way. Uh no, I and know, I like, I know, and the way I it, Okay, because the way I, the way you're presenting it does make it kind of sound like you're pushing back on my no, point no, i'm not i'm not so just want to make not. sure let me let me clarify let me clarify, that's clear.
1: Let me clarify. Yeah, yeah i completely i completely agree with what you're saying where i'm clarifying what, what i'm saying is that as a stand-up comedian i hear a lot of stand-ups talk about political correctness ruining uh stand-up and, and i don't agree because the ultimately what, what it comes down to is what is your intent as in is your intent to harm someone or is your intent to uh, poke fun at society or poke fun at, at an ideal, you know, that's what comedians are essentially, that's yeah. what comedians essentially do. Now most comedians just talk about their own life and try to make people laugh. But what we've lost sense of to your point where, where I'm in complete agreement is when you talk about experimenting with language or stuff like that, what what people fail to realize is there are different kinds of jokes out there. And one kind of joke that I see get misinterpreted all the time is irony or when someone's being facetious. Sure. So just like there's, there's different kinds of music, there's different kinds of jokes, like different styles of jokes. And there are some people who will say the opposite of the meaning of something strictly for shock value. And that's that's an example of being facetious. My favorite example of it is um, why are you breaking when,
0: out? We don't usually have this uh
1: You know it's issue. interesting you were you were breaking out a little bit on my end too. Am I still breaking out?
0: Yeah you were just a second ago.
1: Oh okay. You're okay.
0: connected to your Wi Fi and all
1: that right? Un- yeah, yeah. Uh. All connected, yeah. Um so anyway, what what where I was going was my favorite example of, of like a facetious joke is um, Ricky Gervais when he's talking about Nelson Mandela. And he goes, Nelson Mandela was incarcerated for 20 years and he was beaten and he was tortured and he came out peaceful, loving, and ended up becoming the president of South Africa, which just shows the prison system works. (sighs) Right, right, and, right. It, it, and it, it, he's, he's, he doesn't believe that. that obviously, means, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But but no, it's not obvious to people because there are people out there who will get outraged about that because joke. they're like, oh my gosh, he's advocating yeah. torture and he's yeah, advocating right. racism. No, no, no. Right. The whole point of that joke was to be ironic. The whole point right. was to say the opposite of what I believe. To strictly shock you. It's
0: like Always but- Sunny in Philadelphia. And Dom, I think the thing that we need to do is I'm realizing our phone call is connected through regular phone, not FaceTime, um, which will improve the quality. So what I may do okay. here in a second is hang up on you and call you back No,
1: that's, fine. that's and fine. get
0: in on you there. But uh, uh, it reminds me of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where there are times where literally the joke is uh, there are people who have quoted like, wait, you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, even though they like made this racist joke? And they're like. Yeah, because they're writing a script about racists. You know what I mean? They're like, they're writing a right. script about horrible people who don't even realize they're horrible and in fact think they are just above the rest of the world looking down. And there's such an authenticity to the characters, even though you get on the other side and they're like, well, Mac is super homophobic. And I was like, you know, I have a feeling though that Rob McElhenney probably has knows the difference between what's homophobic and isn't. Uh, and probably learned it from his two gay moms, like it's, right. it's and, right. and from being an activist for so long and all, and all this kind of thing. Let me, let's, let's, uh, let's refresh your connection here. Let me get yeah, you back on here and see if that improves. So we don't have that static thing here in a second. So, uh, just a little inside baseball. Is that what it's called? Cause I don't understand anything. Uh, FaceTime actually gives some of the best audio. As far as see
1: if this helps a little. Oh bit.
0: my goodness! The audio quality, night and day. I can all of a sudden hear you so well, and but can you the, suddenly hear me so well?
1: I can suddenly hear you. I got. I'll never get that, Jimmy. Suddenly FaceTime. But okay, and I gotta clarify something too, because what what I, I don't and I, if if you'll allow me to to speak for you for a moment, to speak what, for
0: me, sure, yeah.
1: Why not? <laughs> <laughs> what what we're not saying is we're not doing that thing that people do, where if they are being, uh, if they do have jokes motivated by hate, or if they are are be you know indulging in hate speech, yeah, and then they just go, "It was a joke. I was exactly. making yeah. a joke." Because what going again to a Ricky Gervais quote I like, he says. You can't confuse the subject for the target. Jokes absolutely do have a target. And oftentimes there's a style of humor. And wait, I do want to jump in here too.
0: As far as individual Ricky Gervais jokes, we can do this. Ricky Gervais does suck. He like, like for his, if for no other reason, his public advocacy for Blair White You know, I am no fan of Ricky Gervais. Right, right. But when we're talking about the the main reason why this topic is coming up so much for me lately isn't a, I think so far, usually the way we see it happen. It's usually the people who are like, I want to make these shitty, cringy, gross jokes. And I I have an example here in a second. And I'm tired of people not letting me. That isn't the angle I'm coming from. The angle I'm coming from is I overcorrected and participated and perpetuated a culture that I was already starting to recognize uh, a little bit at the, toward the beginning of the year. And then through different events that happened through uh, 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 the year, uh, mental breakdown, going to a special facility to get some intense care for my mental state and stuff. And these are all situations that um, it's funny because you can't mention this statement without sounding egotistical, but you have, there are certain mental events that can happen in your life that are entirely destructive to your ego. In other words, it actually destroys your ego and, and you start reevaluating things. Now, don't worry. I would like to report a portion of my ego came back. (laughs) It's, it doesn't stay away, but it's, it's, it's these, it's these utter, like anybody who has ever experienced truly not wanting to be alive anymore uh that is the opposite of ego uh, yeah. just so you know anyway yeah. uh and you hit these events and now and it and it basically just caused this reevaluation of how i've participated in this culture things that i've done as i've mentioned i ended up deleting videos where i the only reason i deleted uh some of these videos were i really got to Full of my, I I was too presumptive and too impressed by my own assumptions about people. I went too far with these different things. So anyway, the angle I'm coming from isn't an angle of like, guys, I want to make jokes where being black is the punchline, or being right, gay is right. the punchline, or being, right. uh, like for example, Dom and I, we went to a small comedy show not too long ago, yep. and uh, so one thing Dom and I had talked about in the past was. When you are supporting somebody, and we probably need to do it for each other here a little bit more, but uh, when you're supporting somebody, when you're at a show, especially at a small show, and somebody's up there and they are nervous and whatever else, you should laugh a little harder and a little louder than you would have before, Right. right? Right. right? And that is because... It, it gives them confidence. It helps them perform better. So we're watching these things and these
1: guys and are out here. And r- real, just go ahead. real quick. And it, it also gives other people permission to laugh because exactly. oftentimes people are afraid of laughing because they're afraid of going, oh, if no one else is laughing, right. I don't want them. If no one else thinks that's funny, I don't want to be the only one laughing at this. But when someone else laughs, it gives others permission to laugh as well.
0: And so during that entire show, if I might get a little egotistical, well, then- I was the permission giver. Of that particular show, because I was the one laughing the loudest, even at as these first comedians came out. And by the way, after the show, these comedians were horrible. I roasted them to shreds. But <laughs> uh, I, during their show, if they said a joke that I even thought was a little bit funny, I would laugh more emphatically and, and try to get them to feel a little bit like they can come out of their shell. Uh, and, and especially because like one of the things they kept doing is the thing I would do on the sometime show where you point out if a joke didn't work or if it did work, <laughs> okay, well that one didn't work out. That didn't land. Anyway, so we go to this and then there's a break between these Really like very, very amateur comedians uh, to the, and then the next level is these master's programs comedians. I don't know if you've heard about Dom <laughs> having a master's program. Anyway, uh, so, so that, that, and in the middle, they have this guy. And this guy comes out and the first thing they tell us is like, like the, the host comes out and he's like, all right, we know that's a little bit rough, but, uh, anyway, uh, we've got, which is a little mean as the host to acknowledge that your first sets weren't very funny, but anyway, he's like, but we brought in this guy. I think it was just from Colorado Springs. He's like, but we brought in a pro. He's your intermission. He's going to, he's going to come out, make you laugh. He's great. Give it up for blah, blah, blah. The guy walks up to the mic and he wipes it and he goes, sorry, I'm just wiping off the autism. And I'm sitting there going like, I am the fucking permission giver in this audience. I am the guy setting the laugh track. I also have autism, you giant fucking piece of shit. And I said that all internally, but I was literally (laughs) like, you just used this condition as an insult exactly. like you you are 100 punching down you were like this is meant to you're meant to associate that those people who kind of bombed should feel bad because they left autism on the mic and so do you know what didn't happen i didn't laugh at a single one of that guy's jokes you know who right. else didn't laugh at a single one of those guys jokes that guy's jokes anybody else in the audience The whole crone. I was like right. so listen and this wasn't that long right. ago I am still all for fuck you in your fucking face with your shitty ass jokes because you think you're an edgelord and I, I mean by the way his set the remainder of that set was that way where he like uh uh I th- there was a part where he was making a joke about and and the other thing is it's not original where you're like I can just go find some old comedy central specials and hear these exact jokes. You, you are yeah, copy and right. pasting. So he's telling a story about hooking up with a black woman and that she had said she wanted to do something. And he's like, isn't that, in, isn't that ridiculous? A black woman telling me what to do. And you were supposed to like, the irony was supposed to be the thing she said, not that. And you're literally just like, All "Right." so the joke, the, the joke is you have figured out you as a cishet, white male neurotypical presumably have figured out that you have an incredible amount of privilege. And the funny part is anytime somebody would deviate like diverge from that, like the guy just right. wasn't fucking funny. And right. I made sure like he got off of that. And I remember he made comments about it, like being a rough room or a rough audience or whatever. And it's like, well, you just bombed worse than the guys that you said you had to wipe their autism off the mic cuz you're a fucking unoriginal piece of shit. Right. Anyway.
1: Yeah. And well no and, and you 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 hit it I think you hit the nail on the head. Is I had to that, get that
0: out of I can feel no. I just released something that was
1: pent up. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, you hit the nail right on the head, which is what is the target of the joke? Now, so there's 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 two there's two kind of styles, right? Well, there's a lot of styles, but but here's what I was talking about in the beginning with People have to understand irony. Now, let's talk about like, OK, there there are racist jokes and in racist jokes, a race is the target of the joke. Right. As in what you're saying is, hey, let's all laugh at this race. And those are right. fucked up. And we as a society are coming together and going, hey. We're not gonna laugh at that anymore. Like it's what you're saying is bigoted and fucked up. The the example I think of, I remember this was a popular. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it. Trust me, but there was a popular joke when uh, I, I we were in middle school. I think, and the, what the joke was was a man's walking down the street, and God takes out the left side of his brain, and he the, the man counts his steps, and the man takes out the left side of his brain, and he says he starts counting and he goes one three five, seven. And then he puts the, that back and then takes out the right side of his brain and he's counting and he goes two, four, six, eight. And then God takes out his whole brain and he starts counting, enter whatever language here you want to make fun of. So uh, yeah, do you see what I'm saying? The man yeah. starts counting in whatever language you're essentially, I remember this entire joke, yeah. ra- right? Yeah. You're, in, you're calling an entire race of people stupid. That's the whole point of the joke. That's the target of the joke. That is a fucked up thing because what you're asking for when laughter is consent, as in jokes only work if everybody goes, Oh, I agree. Or, Oh, you know, I, I relate to that. Right. And they laugh what you're asking people to agree to is that this race or kind of person is stupid. Yeah. And right there, that's fucked up. You are, that, is a, that is a form of harassment. You're, 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 you're literally picking on or bullying a, a certain group of people. Now, the reverse of that, though, is a style called Buffon. And Buffon literally means buffoon, but but it's it's the style of people like Stephen Colbert when he was on the Colbert Report or Sacha Baron Cohen. They are the masters of Buffon. And what they do is they pretend to be the people that they're essentially trying to take down. But. By pretending to be them, they're pointing out the, the problems within the culture. Steve Colbert had his character on the Colbert Report that was effectively making fun of the ultra conservative person. And yes, Stephen Colbert was targeting the ultra conservative person and he was trying to point out the flaws in in that logic. But yep. he did so by pretending he was them. What Sasha Baron right. Cohen it, will it, do it, It's an adaptive form of criticism
0: using humor whereas the racist joke from before that's not there is no valid criticism in that in the right. in the counting right. joke in the, the in, no so, brain so, yeah
1: Right. So what Sacha Baron Cohen will do was well, Sacha Baron Cohen will pretend to be a racist. He right. will pretend to be a racist. And and the point is to laugh at him. He then becomes the target of the joke. His ideals then become the target of the joke versus the people that he's trying to bring down. And and but what, what's tough is nowadays people don't really get irony or 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 the, the it's difficult to tell the difference. When is somebody punching down or um, or calling out people versus when are they right? When are they doing what I was talking about, where they're they're being buffon? They're they're asking you to laugh at them, you know. And for some some people, it is
0: for some people, it is a genuine mistake. The thing that I think is growing, and again, was a culture I saw myself get like becoming a part of becoming uh, uh perpetuating more. And, and so speaking from where I was to a community that I still care about, cause we're on the same quote unquote side, but I would like to see change. Is this like, okay, now begins your set. I have a stopwatch to the first yeah. time you offend me. Right. And that's, right. that's like this type of, and then it's always oh well we're ju- it's just legit criticism and what's really funny is in the name of of doing that type of of uh, you know like a hawk watching people then justify their own bigotry and their own bullying and I think that's the bigger right. thing where I'm going like I'm not sitting here going so much like oh. Don't be mad about, you know, his trans jokes from Dave Chappelle, because I, I still am mad about those trans jokes from Dave Chappelle. Right. I'm not I'm not saying take that away, but I am saying even that doesn't now justify the things we say are wrong when the other side does it. It's this wild thing where people go like bullying is wrong. Unless I do it because I'm in the right. (laughs) Right. And it's literally like, well, then why would your opposition not do it too? Because they are just as sure they're in the right. Everybody thinks they're in the right. So if your standard is you can only bully if you're right, then who doesn't get to bully? Like even people with the most absurd, stupid beliefs like Flat Earth... Flat yeah. earthers, a lot of them, the ones who aren't trolls, genuinely think they're right. And so if they look out at people who go like, yeah, no, I got to treat you like this. Now, listen, that isn't to say that I am not going to roast a flat earther to their face. <laughs> right. And I will right. probably even go like, uh, here I probably went too far. Here I went. There's no such thing as a perfect human. I'm far from that. Uh, right. But it is it is a matter of just like the, the we are seeing this constant contempt and that's
1: what we're going to get yes. into here. in it's, let's, and, all and right, let's, that's what I want to get into.
0: Let's, but we haven't even done any of the news yet. So let's just yeah. try and quick, let's quick hit some news stuff and let's, and then okay. let's come right back to this well, concept of and, contempt and, this, and how well it sells
1: well, versus anything else. He, he, here's what I want you to keep in mind Bef- before we dive into the news. Just, just keep this in mind. What the topic of the day is, is, is contempt as in contempt cells, as in, Another way of putting that is division. What side are you on? Who are you fighting for? What yeah. pisses you off? And we've seen this with Facebook. We talked about it. Facebook was perpetuating. But you're already you're already jumping news. ahead. Stop. But wait, 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 wait. Just keep, just keep contempt in mind as we yeah, read these news headlines. Exactly, exactly. First news headline that I see. Well, real,
0: and real quick. I just want to say when I'm saying contempt, we're talking about when anger meets disgust. Uh, and it's something you dwell on. It's something that you hold on to. It's when anger meets disgust because anger isn't as actionable. And the funny thing is, we'll talk about it in a minute. One of the people that I've been listening to about this subject, only one I've been listening to a ton of people, is actually a libertarian, uh, a libertarian conservative, but who's approaching it from the psychological side uh, and who wants to see he is from the right hoping to fix the right. Which is a humongous undertaking. So, right. But there's other people anyway. So when we're talking, and we'll so we'll get all to that. Uh, I disagree with this guy on so much, but listening to him talk about this gave me so much to think about. Uh, so contempt is where anger meets disgust. It's this thing you dwell on, and it's this yes. thing you hold on to. Um, so. News
1: news. First, first news headline, Florida school vaxxed kids must stay home for 30 days after each dose. So this was a private school. Uh, I saw
0: some headlines about it. I haven't looked into the story yet much, but what I imagine it is, is that the private school is in Florida. There have been private schools with a lot of ridiculous regulations. If it is par for the course with that stuff, it's probably that they, it's a private school, which believes in the a uh, vaccine shedding conspiracy.
1: Yeah, that that would would, yeah, Yeah, that's the assumption, is that they believe in vaccine shedding and yeah. and all of this. Um,
0: Let's, but the news article I was going to bring up earlier, because I, I was saying that, and I, then I never delivered on this, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, Jimmy, finish your thought. Uh, where I was saying we in the past would have thought a lot about Do we make a joke here or how do we make a joke here? Because Colin Powell, former secretary of state, former general, died of COVID-19 complications. Uh, I have good things to say about Colin Powell. I have bad things to say about Colin Powell. Certainly, this is a person who has participated in uh, the same war sorts of things, war related things that I do not like to put mildly the former President Bush for uh, uh bush 1 or bush 2 frankly and it's hard to say, like, they're kind of war criminals without saying he is, too. As far as politically goes, it is he is strikes me as a politically honest person. He is a person who endorsed both Republicans and Democrats in the past. Obviously, he, he endorsed George W. Bush, worked for George W. Bush. But then when the opportunity came up and saw what kind of leadership and change America could undergo, he also endorsed uh, Barack Obama. So there are positive things one could say. And I was just thinking, though, when I saw this story, like— how you and I, when planning an episode or uh, or even if it went where you like wrote something initially and then you sent a message like, hey, I put something in the script about Colin Powell, see if you want to change it or or remove it. It is one of those ones where it's like um, we th- this was something we were actually more thoughtful about than I think a lot of people realize. Uh, we, yeah. we do think about the human impact and stuff. And so even with a person who's died that you don't like a lot of things about. And there's exceptions because there are much more evil people than Colin Powell. When Rush Limbaugh died, I probably made a lot of jokes in private, but wasn't even sure what line to take uh, in public. Um, but it, 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 so anyway, it's it's one of those hard yeah. lines where we would well, have well, really and, tried to think about what kind of joke we might have made there.
1: Well, yeah. And and it's interesting too, kind of going into going into what we're like the big topic is that a lot of times and i think this is by design part of the contempt we have for people and sides and whatever side we stand on is we tend to dehumanize people so we we yeah. tend to go we tend to go their ideas or their beliefs or the actions that they take has completely um it it, it is completely voided their humanity
0: Right. And, and, so, and I now completely define them by one thing I associate with them and my very egotistical presumption that I understand the nuances of their character and the nuances of that situation I am now
1: assigning their character to. Precisely. Precisely. Is that, you know, um, I mean, look... <laughs> uh, it, If you watch my show or you listen to me or listen to us talk, like one person that I have massive contempt for is like my father, right? I have tons because of a lot of the stuff that a lot of his beliefs, a lot of the things that, you know, uh, I witnessed growing up or things he had done or said to me growing up. And yet at the exact same time, I, I'm constantly reminded of his humanity as well as, You know, I mean, I'll see him do something extremely kind for my son or I'll see him do an extremely selfless act for the family. And that that doesn't negate the wrong that's been done. That doesn't negate the anger I have for him. But the point is, is that every human being is very, very nuanced. And what we love to do is we love to reduce every human being on Earth to a thing like, for instance, Colin Powell. Uh, war criminal War criminal yeah. or, or advocate for Iraq war Because but, he actually did totally forgetting
0: That he is an amazing Amazing at knitting quilts I just he made that up He was so
1: good at quilt knitting And nobody ever No one ever talks no one about ever Colin Power up. the
0: quilt knitter
1: <laughs> The quilt you, knitter Yeah Colin Listen Colin, Colin Powell's quilt knitting skills. No, I don't Colin ever Powell want to also, use
0: the phrase "knitter" again. It's just too yeah, close to. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that was, too that easy tough. to miss here. It's a good thing I yeah. overpronounce
1: my T's. Yes, yes, it is good. But but that's the that's the thing too. Is is you know even with Colin Powell, he he also was the one who came out and admitted that he lied in person and resigned for moral reasons from the Bush administration. He he came out and said. What I said was not true. And I was, you know, told to say that. And now because of my uh, moral standing, I have to, you know, back down from that. And, and that's something that, you know, I mean, is worth absolutely talking about when you're talking about a dude's legacy or whatever, but it's like, you know, Also uh, people should understand when we're talking about this right now, we're barely
0: even actually talking about Colin Powell. Cause certainly, certainly. there's gonna be comments like, fuck that. Colin Powell, Blah, 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 blah. You're right. And what, right. what I see a lot of, like with your father, for example. It's very interesting how the actual people in our life who maybe deserve the most contempt because we actually do have the experience of the most nuance, we do have the experience of actually knowing the little parts of their life, they're also often the people we give the most chances to because yeah. we know those little tidbits. But then when it's these strangers or these people we've never met or the public figures or, or other friends on Instagram or whatever, now it's, oh... You do this, which I relate to the kind of contempt I have for, say, for example, my own dad. So say I'm talking about somebody who is uh, religiously motivated to be an extremely oppressive parent, and I see that, and I just yes. throw all of my contempt feelings that I have for my dad with no regard otherwise for the person's humanity, for any redemptive qualities, for anything that would suggest I should ever give this person a chance. And I feel like that has taken over. The idea that we should ever give anyone chances beyond the the worst mistake we have found of theirs, right, is now it's become this like we're only going to do that if you have some sort of redemptive arc that is extremely entertaining.
1: Right, I mean, yeah, or or it's you know a lot of I mean, a lot of it comes down to branding too. Yeah, you know is is I mean you know Robert Downey Jr. is a very interesting example because Robert Downey Jr. is one of the most beloved people in the world, and he's also you know was before the Rock the highest paid actor in Hollywood. You know all this, and if you knew Robert Downey Jr. in the '90s, like he was a uh, a criminal, sure. You know, I mean, dude was was a heroin addict. Yeah, you knew him in the nineties, right?
0: You guys were always hanging out, and
1: yeah, during my master's program, when we were doing right when you comedy. guys were
0: yeah <laughs> during the master's program. No,
1: no. What I will say though, interestingly enough, was when I did teach in prisons. Uh, All of the TVs in the Los Angeles jail are because of Robert Downey Jr. Because when he was incarcerated in the 90s for heroin and theft and abuse and all this stuff, um, he he, – he wanted a TV and he had enough money in his books to, to get it. And the, the jail system said, no, that's not fair that you have a TV and no one else does. So he literally bought TVs for every single dorm yeah. in the Los Angeles prison system so he could have a TV. But but my point is, you know, he is a good example of redemption. He got clean and part of all of the crimes that he that he perpetuated were because of his heroin addiction. He beat the heroin addiction, he overcame it, crawled back up from the bottom, you know, took the first Iron Man role for essentially free. And then built an entire empire on it, and we love that redemption story. We love it. Yeah. And he's great. Like I think he deserves you know every ounce of credit and credibility that he has. But my point is, meanwhile, there I will wonder, be people
0: who are like, "Fuck to Robert Downey Jr." Yeah, I loved that whole redemption arc, but then he went on Joe Rogan show, and now <laughs> I have a guilty by association that I get to do. I get to go around my friends and just mention it, and then we all just get these huge dopamine rushes. Saying things about, and by the way, this is another situation where I do not like, uh, uh, I love Robert Downey Jr. I do not like Joe Rogan. And people will mistake going like, if you're going to be upset, know what you're actually upset about. Because the number of times I sit there and go like, I have listened to people rant about what they hate about Joe Rogan and I'm just like, you're bad at this. You're even bad at hating people because your points are all stupid. They're First of all, they're often wrong and you're literally sitting there going like, there are so many. In fact, I I, I thought this thought more about myself than, than, but with Joe Rogan, there are so many great reasons to dislike Joe Rogan. He gives you, he, he gives you no shortage of them. And yet people will break them down to these summary things of I heard a person say and another person say and another person say such and such and such. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, man, if you're going to put this much passion into hating somebody, you really got to find out why you actually hate them. Because this this is and I hate when I get mistaken for defending somebody, because this has happened with Paul and Morgan, actually, the times where I was in conversations where I would was talking about uh, uh it was. I don't want to actually bring up the topic because this was, it's related to a video I ended up deleting, but I was having conversations with people about this specific topic and they kept misrepresenting Paul and Morgan's side of it. And so I would correct them and be like, no, 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 no. I think what Paul and Morgan's side of this is going to be, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And then I was mistaken for being on their side. And it's literally just like, uh, oh, well, I. Only value and cherish this dopamine rush I get when I feel like I'm right, when I feel like I'm correct. That's the only thing I want. So now I'm just going to like Kellyanne Conway, beautiful mind, this thing to figure out how to dismiss you. Okay. Right. You you said it like this. I'm going to take that as you're defending them. Therefore you are them.
1: They're canceled. And now you're canceled. So, well, okay. So yeah, let's, I mean, okay, let's, let, let's just get into this because, because it's, it's so it's so crucial right now on so many different levels Yeah, and what we're talking about. And I I've, I've repeated this over and over and over is there is a need to move from cancel culture to conversation culture. And yeah. here's, here's what I mean. Now, look, I understand that there is a lot of hurt out there oh, and yeah. hurt is wrong. Like when, when we're talking about, I mean, from, from microaggressions, Little traumas to really big traumas, and and forgive me if any of this sounds like virtue signal, signaling, because I I know, you know I am a cis het white male, and I'm not sitting here trying to be like mm, my friends, and, you know I'm because the the truth is while I have experience and by
0: the by the way it is I want everyone to remember his master's was a theater program he's actually being brave by admitting to be het.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I can say that because I'm queer. <laughs> well, no. And it's funny, it's funny you say that. But like, okay, so for instance, when when I was doing the outreach program in in teaching in the jails and stuff, one of the places that we taught was the LGBT center, the LGBTQ center in Hollywood. And the whole point of what we did was having people share their stories. And the reason that there was a high school in the LGBT center is because there were so many people that were kicked out of their home. There were so many people that one, you know, they tell their story and one, uh, uh, trans girl told her story about the reason she has to go to a private, like this private school is in public school. You know, she came out as trans and like some kid literally threw the Bible at her and, and ruptured part of her, uh, uh, temple they threw a bible at her and it hit her and it ruptured her temple and and they're telling she's you know they're telling the story and i'm going oh my god like there's real pain out there and that pain is perpetuated by bigotry and so if we're going to talk about having a cultural war against bigotry then i'm in sign me up yeah i'm there now however the way we're fighting this war is with this terrible form of tribalism to where what we do is for instance like go on this rampage of cancel Joe Rogan now and, and and that's just an example of of the millions of of times we do this but we go okay I don't like what this dude is saying about something and and you know pick pick a thing right I don't like what he's saying about it so let's use him as the for lack of a better term as like the, the witch we burn at the stake as the sacrificial lamb or something for the, the, the whipping boy, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use, let's use him as the person that we publicly like destroy. Which and honestly, that way there's even a nuance to this get- though. There's even a nuance to this. Cause I'm not
0: necessarily opposed that for certain things. And I don't know that you go for the entire platform at, at all at once, but certain things he's done, Uh, Like, for example, any like things that are vaccine misinformation, though, you know, one of these things, too, with with Joe Rogan that I can say about him that you can't always say about the other side is Joe Rogan was getting attacked for his his vaccine misinformation, his covid misinformation. And I think all of that was rightly so. There's a conversation to be had about should those episodes be removed In the cases of some people, uh, there is a conversation about should deplatforming happen. But one thing I can say for Joe Rogan that I I, I can't say for a lot of other people is in the face of all these attacks about the misinformation he was spreading about COVID-19, who does he then have on the show? Sanjay Gupta, who's like, yeah, like literally like basically it's like, okay. Fine. I'm wrong. This is what I'm hearing. Correct me. The thing that I have the biggest problem with is, yes, we have to talk about is deplatforming right or wrong in this scenario, or is it individual episodes? Is it person? But even if we deem that it is, where it's like, how are we not still the bigot side and, or are on our side, a bigot side and bully side, if our next step is, okay, now, every family member he has, every friend he has, anybody right. he's ever worked with, anybody who has, pr- has said they might work with him still in the future, we need to go after every single individual. And if we can, we want to try and get this guy as close to dying in a ditch as possible. Now, he's a millionaire, so it's not going to succeed. But people basically then go like, well, it's not even working because he's a millionaire. So it's not like he's in any real trouble, as though the emotional... Uh, and mental damage that does one doesn't matter at all. And two, as though that that justifies what if it what if anytime it isn't anytime those same tactics are used for something we don't agree with is right,
1: we call it cyberbullying. we call it harassment. Right. Well and and, and I, so I totally get what you're saying. and what where I, I'd like to like piggyback on it with there's a lot of people, like to, like you said, this whole idea of like, let's tear them down and, and let's destroy everything. It's kind of, remember when people used to say this about capitalism? There, You know, when people would make an argument for capitalism, they'd say, well, the beauty about capitalism, because when I would argue something like government regulation, right, I would say, hey, government should absolutely be able to come in and make a law that says, you can't discriminate against somebody because of the color of their skin in a restaurant. You can't say we yeah. don't serve this person because of the color of their skin. The government should come in and make that law. And what capitalists would like hardcore capitalists would, would come back at me with is no, they should, the government shouldn't be able to say that, but it's the people who decide. So if the people don't like something that the business owner stands for, then they don't shop at their place. Right. And so what we're experiencing is, is that kind of in a mass scale? Like, Hey, I don't like what Joe Rogan says about trans athletes. I don't like what Joe Rogan says about vaccines. I'm not consuming his product anymore and I'm going to pick it and I'm going to protest it. And honestly, part of that, like I'm, I'm totally, I'm, I'm, I understand. I get it. I think yeah. it's an effective way to elicit change. Here's the problem though, with the philosophy, a comedian that I disagree with often is Bill Burr. Bill Burr is a comedian who, especially his views on women, I just so disagree with. I mean, he's got a whole bit about how, you know, he doesn't like when people say there's no reason to hit a woman. And, you know, he, he has this whole bit about how, you know, Rihanna got beat by Chris Brown, but nobody talks about how Rihanna was instigating Chris Brown, probably like he's got all this all this material that I just disagree with as a human being. I'm like, I don't like it. And. One of the things I don't like about it is I don't like how even though he's making a joke about this, he's essentially giving fuel for misogynists who when they want to like champion their point, they can look to his jokes to be, you know, kind of fuel for that fire. And that really bothers me. But here's the problem. If I were to go around on this campaign of cancel Bill Burr, cancel Bill Burr, cancel Bill Burr, what would end up happening Is I would get a bunch of people who already agree with me and already hate him to start, you know, going against him and going against his family and going against all this stuff. But what it would do nothing for is the misogynists who love him. And what would it it would force him to do is to come back harder on me and essentially rally a team of misogynists who now support him full on and are against me. And what we have now created, which we are creating in our society over and over and over is warring tribes. We now have warring tribes within our society. And in this hope to completely destroy the other side or the other tribe, we are doing nothing but strengthening their anger against us and strengthening, you know, the bigotry as well.
0: This is, this is what, every every time I've talked about this and where I go like, and, and my position on this had, had been pretty much this for a while. Then for, I think there was a short period of time where I was like, well, maybe, maybe where anytime I bring up this like cancellation, it doesn't actually work. And then people will come back and go like, of course it works. Or deplatforming doesn't work. And they're like, of course it works. Look at what happened to uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. Or look at what happened to... Uh, uh, What's it? What's his face? Alex Jones, and you have these situations. First of all, Alex Jones got deplatformed from YouTube, and yet is apparently richer than ever. But yeah, the biggest thing is
1: more than ever. Yeah,
0: cancellation of a single individual, which you might succeed on, you where you succeeded on that one individual, you have still contributed to, uh, uh the increased polarization as in angering the other side. Basically my whole argument is every time when they're like, yeah, it works. It does work because it's, it's going, no, you're focusing on the individual. But then what has happened is that tribe uses the anger of what happens to that individual to go get other people who maybe Bill Burr was their favorite comedian beforehand, or maybe they thought he had good points. They're going to work off of a lot of this. It wasn't justified. It wasn't whatever. And, a new Bill Burr would come along or a new Milo. Bill Burr hasn't successfully been canceled, but, uh, or a new Milo or whatever. And they come back more powerful and people act like that's not true. And then I just go, really? Cause I remember when they made him the president. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, exactly. That is
0: literally the like fucking, uh, that was the result of, and I'm not, that isn't to say that the left is to blame, for or people who just oppose Donald Trump are to blame for Donald Trump, but they aren't blameless either. Certainly right. though, it's, it's the same thing where it's like, okay, a kid who has abused all of his life, uh, the abusers are not blameless when that kid goes and does something horrible to somebody else. But right. that kid also has, so that kid has the primary accountability, you know, you went and you murdered somebody yes. or you did whatever. Right. Uh, that's that kid has primary accountability, but as far as like the people who aren't blameless, the people in his life who abused him and that resulted uh, in that, we don't have a way of seeking justice in that scenario. you know we never we never go okay, you know uh, uh, I, I I don't want to go with one particular like mass shooter, but so we'll just call we'll just call it like mass shooter Johnny right Johnny Douche. Uh, You know, Johnny Douche goes to prison for that. We never go and imprison. We don't even imprison the people who didn't lock up their guns and he took them, let alone the people who it's like Johnny Douche ended up being a violent. It's it's like this thing, too, where we see that serial killers time and time again, like so many serial killers have this one trait of having a single mother who was cruel to them. And like would sexually humiliate them, socially humiliate them and just be really, really cruel every day. And this is super duper common trait among serial killers. How many serial killers mothers have we imprisoned for what they've done? And we don't do that. And and I don't know what the correct justice is. But when you see that this is a super common trait that shows you that serial killers are created. They're not born evil. Uh, and, and we don't ever, we don't have a way to, to talk about the creation. And, and I totally look at, at what then happened with like, does anybody really think we've been winning at this? Cause we've canceled a ton of people. Well, we've polarized a ton. We have, we have, and, and I'm sitting here going from everything I can tell legitimately I believe that Donald Trump is going to win the presidency in 2024. That's actually true, by the way. I 100% actually think he will be president again. Now, whether he will be president because he wins the vote, I think he could, but also... What nobody is paying attention to right now, because nobody paid attention to their fucking local elections. Nobody paid attention to the things we were warning them about years ago of, yes, you have to vote for Hillary because the Supreme Court matters more than how much you hate her. And that turned out to be true. We're now losing abortion rights, but also all of these voter things that are happening in these different states, all of these laws people are passing so that next time Michigan or Pennsylvania or Wisconsin can go, hmm, Donald Trump lost, but bo- We don't actually have proof, but we're going to overturn that and say we feel confident based on all the people at Trump's rallies that Trump actually won. So we're actually going to decertify these results or uh, uh, declare him the illegitimate winner. And last time it didn't work. In the years between last time and this time, Trump is literally installing people into the positions where if you had the exact same problem in Georgia, in Wisconsin, in in Michigan, in these states, if you have that exact same problem, if you had that exact same problem in 2020 with the people he's installing there in place, they would have successfully overturned the election. And now we're going to have this situation where it may come down to Vice President Harris having to actually do for legitimate reasons what Mike Pence they wanted Mike Pence to do for illegitimate reasons in the hopes that that is going to save uh uh save the election. But yeah, I 100% percent yeah. am well, like
1: Donald Trump uh, 2024
0: is probably well, going and to And here's win.
1: so so going back just a just a few steps like when you're talking about, you know, le- le- like let's go back to like, you know, the, the shooting thing, right? With, yeah. with the school shooter or something like that. You make a great point. The, the, the saying that, you know, that is said in, in psychology and stuff is that hurt people hurt people, which essentially means there are multiple factors in a society that create the negative behavior that we don't like the, I like to think about it like weeds. If you go to, if you, if you're in the garden and there's a bunch of weeds, you know, a lot of times you just pluck the head off the weed it actually does nothing. There's going to be more that grow back in its place. You have to get down to the heart of the issue. You have to get down to the root and so much, the root of so many of these problems is societal. Now, where I think there's a lot of things that have been good with quote unquote, cancel culture. What I mean is like the me too movement, the me too movement, like with something like Harvey Weinstein or, or, or yeah, or, or I'll even say, uh, uh, Bill Cosby and and Louis C.K. Here's yeah. the difference between them and like a modern day Joe Rogan or, as I was saying earlier, Bill Burr. And, and to be to be clear, I have no interest in canceling Bill Burr. And I actually do think he's a brilliant comedian. But my point is, he says stuff that I don't like and that I disagree with. Now, the difference is with Harvey Weinstein and and Kevin Spacey and and these people, uh, Bill Cosby, they uh, w- We discovered something that they were hiding, right? We discovered that they were being deviant predators in private and we went, Oh, okay. That, okay. That has, is no good. And these people need to go to jail because of it. And so, and what we're saying is when it says time's up, then it became, Hey, here's all the other people who have been doing all this stuff in private and, and, and things like that. Now, now when we're just going, Hey, you know what? I disagree with what this person is doing and it could be potentially bad. So, so for instance, I, cause I want to get into it a lot of everyone, a huge topic is the, is the new Dave Chappelle special, the closer. Right. And what they're saying is like, look, and, and I agree with them. There are things that Dave Chappelle says in that special that I absolutely disagree with. And that I'm like, Oh and my the, gosh. And like, the
0: things he says themselves, which is another important topic, uh, another important part of this topic some of the things he actually says, those statements are contemptuous statements. Like Yes. Like, I have no problem going like, because uh, uh, there are people in my life who I love, I have incredible contempt for some individual beliefs. Uh, exactly. It's, exactly. Yeah.
1: And, and, and that's what I'm saying, is there, there are you know, things that he has said in that special yeah. that you can go, hey, not only do I disagree with you, but... You don't realize how harmful you're being right. and you don't realize the fuel for the fire that you're causing. Now, the the thing with that, though, is that you, going back to what we were talking about, there are some jokes in that special that are very much like what we were talking about earlier where, OK, here he's completely being facetious or right. ironic. right? And that's the point of the joke. He's right. His, actually, his
0: Me Too jokes where it was right. like the only thing the Me Too movement needs is a male leader. That right. is a joke. He's literally that saying this is the stupidest in, thing like the like it, it, it's yes, antithetical he, to the concept. And what's really it, funny is I had a friend who was like I was like, "So, did you uh did you watch that special?" And I was expecting to talk to this friend like, "Listen, the conversation I was expecting to have wasn't like Hey, you got to hear him out. It was literally to be like, we're both trans allies. And and I'm like, and I wanted to have the conversation of like, oh my God, could he have been more wrong on this and this? Because you want to talk about the reasons why you found that trans. He's like, oh man, I didn't get that far. I stopped after the me too jokes. And I was like, oh, the parts where he was definitely kidding. Because later he's not kidding anymore. You know, right. like when he gets to right. the trans stuff, he gets very serious and says some really yes. fucking like horrible shitty stuff. So the Me Too part, like, listen, I, I by the way, there are definitely people who, especially depending on their experience, might still hear that Me Toos part and go like,
1: that's kinda that's too far right. over the line for he, me. He, but for those for those who might not have seen it, he, he make he says he says what the Me Too movement really needs is a male leader. And yeah. but when he says it, it's a punchline. Right. Which shows that he's doing what I said earlier. He's being ironic. He's saying the opposite of yes. what is true or what he believes in order to get and, the punchline. And then to the part where ironic. he might've
0: gone too far was right after that. But it's not, again, it's still the same level of irony. It's still the same level yes. of uh, boofism. Is that what he called it? Uh, Buffon. Buffon. Buffon, yeah. Where he says the whole thing about, and I will be that leader and all you have to do for me in return is suck my dick. And it's right. literally like, that is the antithesis of the me too. That's why it's exactly. it's fun. that's why he thinks of it as a joke where it's like me too is about taking down men in positions of power who use that power, who abuse that power to get sexual favors out of a person, who violates the consent of other people uh and who leverages it, pressures people into using that power to pressure people into doing things they wouldn't have wanted to do. And and that's the whole That's like what Me Too is about. And so his joke is, with that being what Me Too is about, what you really need is a man in power that you'll do sexual favors for. And again, we could have a discussion about like, okay, that joke, it it might be a little bit cheap. The way he presents it actually is creative. It might be a little bit over the line. But I was just shocked where I was like, wait, that's where you stopped? Where he like clearly thinks that that's not true? Where he like he first starts off that whole set about talking about his his his
1: approval for I'm like that's where you yeah he calls he calls himself a feminist seriously yeah and then he makes that joke ironically because he's showing that in that joke men who abuse power are are the they're the target? They're right. the punchline, right? It's not women. It's he's being ironic about the whole situation. And again, now, I was
0: only shocked that that was the point where I was like, yes, "Man, I'm so excited yes. to talk about this transphobic garbage with my friend." He's like, "I couldn't make it past that one." Yes, like,
1: now, wow. Now I'm gonna. Now here's my thing, and I want to get back to what we were talking about about societal implications, and I want to get back to the term point of view and conversation culture because. Then Chappelle goes on to be, say some very transphobic things. And he goes on to to say, um, you know, some some things that if you know about, you know, being dead named or, you know, about, um, you know, things like this that could be very hurtful and offensive to the trans community now. And this is me not defending Dave Chappelle at all. But I think one thing we to understand is culture and also point of view. When we say point of view, oh, that's his point of view. That's actually a literal term. It's point of view. It means from where I'm standing, this is how I see the issue. And when you say that you are admitting, you do not see the whole issue. You do not see the big picture to use another analogy in our, in our, uh, language. You do not see the big picture. You see it from your point of view. Now, a lot of times when you hear someone who grew up rich talk about the poor, it comes off privileged because they're coming from a privileged point of view. And I feel like with Chappelle, I don't think Chappelle. I I, I guarantee he's not like you, Jimmy. He's not a member of the LGBTQ community. I guarantee he's not like me. I I, I know he talks about having a trans friend, but I don't think he's spent you know in depth time uh around people who have you know I- in the community but the thing is is that he's saying from his point he's coming from an ignorant point of view and I mean ignorant by the dictionary definition as in he clearly doesn't know a lot of this stuff and he's also not making a lot of effort to but the thing is, is he says something I- uh ignorant or bigoted and what he was talking about in the special is he's then attacked and whether that attack is justified, righteous or not. When someone's attacked, it's their urge to attack back. So what happens is now we get a battle. Now we get a fight. And what, when I talk about conversation culture, whether it's a Joe Rogan or a Dave Chappelle, what I'm talking about is going, okay, this is your point of view for the way you see the world from how you grew up in your the, the culture that raised you and produced you has produced this current mindset. Now, someone else has grown up in a different way, has had different experiences. They have a different mindset on it and they can then say, Hey, this is how I've been hurt by your ideas. This is how the ideas that you have have hurt me and my family. And when it's presented in a way that is in the goal of conversation, not the goal of, Hey, You hurt me in ways you don't understand. And because of that, you're done. You're canceled. You're over. I'm dedicating my life to ruining you. Then they say, well, now I'm fighting for my life. And so I'm going to fight you and everybody that's on your side for my life versus going, hey, you said some stuff. And I don't think you realize how harmful they are. And in that Chappelle special, he mentions that. He mentions that his friend who's trans yells at him, you don't need to understand me. You just need to understand that I'm a human going through an experience. And when they say that, he says, oh, I can respect that. And granted, once again, he's still got a long way to go before understanding how bigoted his statements are. Right. So but the point is. So my, a few things- my, my, my grand point is just that is just that I think we would have a much better turnout as a society and achieve the societal goals of bringing people together, of people understanding the struggle that so many people are going to. If the aim was conversation and letting people know about yeah. the hurt we've experienced, versus just warring with each other and trying to tear each other down. So anyway, that's what I have to say about that. Uh, and and then, So the,
0: the thing that, the thing that also gets lost in a lot of this, that people don't realize is when this battle comes, the perception of the people in the battle aren't trans rights versus transphobia. It's, pro Chappelle versus anti chappelle And so when you get a group of people, and and listen, the people who are anti chappelle might think they're there representing the trans-right side, but when it actually comes down to the fight, you're going to get pushbacks. Sorry for the buzz in the background. You're going to get pushback from people who are going, whoa, 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 whoa. Dave Chappelle is an extremely important voice to me in all of these ways. And regardless of whether or not they care about the trans stuff. Dave Chappelle was considered one of the most important black voices like ever. Uh, right, uh, still like, is. Yeah, still is. And so you get you have this situation where you're like a bunch of people going, you're trying to take away this voice that is super important to me. And from where I'm standing, it looks like he has said he's willing to have the conversation about trans stuff. He even says at the end of his special, he is not going to talk publicly about uh, the queer community in general, the LGBTQ community is is how he puts it, until he's sure that when we're laughing, we're laughing together. Which is an interesting, like, it was one of those things where I'm like, man, these are for sure offensive concepts. These are for sure conversations we should be having. There are some arguments about this that are totally justified, debates that are totally justified. However, when I was reading, before I watched the special myself... Man, the other side, my side left out a whole lot of details where it, it, it seemed like most of the things I was reading and seeing was all I was supposed to take away was don't watch his super transphobic special. The entire thing could be summarized at at one point he says the phrase, "I'm team turf, which yeah, again he says he's
1: team turf so
0: yeah. stupid, so wrong. and so like ignorant, right. I feel like I feel like I'm just sitting there going like, you know what turf stands for. And just the fact that it has trans-exclusionary in it, good luck justifying you're not transphobic if you associate with a term that says trans-exclusionary. Like, just imagine, what what terms aren't going to sound racist that start with race-exclusionary?
1: Yeah, anything exclusionary, Black is, exclusionary is wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's wrong.
0: And so it, yeah the whole that that whole thing. But anyway, we don't have to stay on the individual topic of we don't, but, of, uh, of we're, him we're... himself. Dom, you just had like 10 minutes I straight. Know, I know, I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. Hit it. Hit Stop. It <laughs> we're talking about contempt and the the attraction we have to this contempt because people are we are addicted to it. It is it is still attached to these wires and people like look, if you're sitting and you're listening It's not hard to convince you of this. Just think about a time you feel you won an argument. It feels good. Think about a time that you shut somebody down. It feels good. Now, one of the things that's interesting is this guy I was listening to. And I've been listening to a lot of people on this subject, but I'm going to hone in on a person who's actually on the right trying to fix the right because uh, he sees the polarization. And where I'm on the left going like, oh my God, this is not sustainable. The way we're trying to win on the left is not sustainable. He's on the right saying the same thing. And his name is Arthur Brooks. He teaches at Harvard. Uh, and, And he's a guy who... It's very interesting how he's a little more libertarian leaning. And it's interesting how if you are a leftist, like a socialist, it's easier to talk to a libertarian and see things you agree with than it is to talk to like a moderate Republican and just be like, yeah. oh, my God, you suck. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and, and 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 so this is where I started defining contempt the way he defines contempt, where anger meets disgust, where it has this this dwelling thing where yeah. anger becomes more actionable. Uh, and something you can hold on to and you can do things with. And he's one of, the th- uh, one of the things he, he talks about is this addiction we have and how hard it is to break it. And there was a point where he was talking to the Dalai Lama, which now that I've said this and I'm going to say the Dalai Lama gave some great advice, somebody's going to come in and be like, how can you say that about the Dalai Lama? Because when he was, you know, he also did this. This is what happens when I talk about like the philosophies of Gandhi. The philosophies of Gandhi are very good, irrespective of the things that he did that were horrible. For the record, the philosophy stands on its own, totally separate from. I'm aware he was a gross dude who uh, I think it was a teenage cousin uh, that he slept with. It, it, I, 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 anyway,
1: yeah, I've heard I've heard so many different. I've uh, heard I've heard brothels of teenagers. Sure, I, 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 it's something I should really look into. And none of that is
0: stuff I condone even as i speak right. about the philosophies which i do believe in and adopt for myself and one of the things he talks about is is sort of that same thing where you're like i can think of these times i won these arguments and god it felt good and it does it feels so good it feels good to call somebody an idiot it actually does a lot of people will say like you're actually miserable but no it actually does it feels good to belittle people. It feels good to raise yourself up by pulling people down. And the reason why we know it is because so many people do it. And it's like the main version of discourse anymore. I will lift myself by pushing you below. And and in that action, you're still lifting and your body still feels better. But one of the things he points out is think of a time, even if you can't think of the details of the time, you can probably remember how you felt where somebody came you at you with contempt and you met them with love. They were angry at you and stuff. And, right. you, and instead you returned love to them and you diffuse the situation with love and try to remember the sensation you felt and how that felt. And from now on, when you're in these contemptuous altercations and you're thinking about this person coming at you with contempt, try and remember that this was the Dalai Lama's uh, advice. Try and remember that experience and try and get yourself back in that zone. Now, listen some of the stuff Arthur Brooks says feels so impractical that I can't imagine myself doing it. Like one of them is like, you should have this rule of six. Basically, if you have one bad thing to say, the rule of six says, first, you have to say five good things. And he was like, so if you want to say something bad about Joe Biden or Donald Trump, you want to tweet something bad. First, you got to tweet five good things, then get your bad tweet. And he even says, you're going to lose followers. But it's this concept of like, as far as communicating with individual people, if you have a hard criticism to give a person, you give them the five good things. And then by the time you get to that hard criticism, not only will, uh, uh, they feel better because you've been recognizing the positive stuff, your formation of that criticism and perception of that criticism will likely change. So imagine you want to like tell somebody they're super fucking lazy Uh, and they're, they're hurting your life with their laziness, which is something that I feel like everybody does some version of, even if they don't use the word lazy at some point, they confront somebody for, for, and if you're literally sitting there going like, I do like that you do this. I do like this about you. I like this about you. I like this about you. I like this about you. Even in your own mind, by the time you get to now, let's talk about you being lazy. You will have reframed it in this different, in this different method. But what's been really interesting in this topic of contempt and how addictive it is and how a video about, and listen, I'm still going to be making critical videos. Uh, uh, this isn't me saying I'm going to, you know, lose my entire job because I'm just going to be the positive person now who's like, oh, girl, define. you guys are great. I am trying to let it affect how I go back to kind of my roots when why a lot of people liked this channel, because I would make it more about what they say than them um, and try and make it more more like that. But a video, uh, if anybody's heard of, and I'm sure many of you have, because he's one of the most popular tech YouTubers out there. Uh, does everyone know who Mr. Who's the Boss is? He's, John, Dom, I think we, I'd asked you. You hadn't seen him before, right?
1: Yeah, I'd never seen him before.
0: So I thought just, you were
1: talking about Tony Danza. Yeah, right, right. This guy is has almost
0: 9 million subscribers. He does a ton of amazing, like 25 inventions that are out of this world. Vivo, X70 Pro Plus, which is like, this is just like a tech review he's doing. iPhone 13 review. uh, What you didn't know about Tesla. What was Apple thinking? It's all tech stuff. And yet his most recent video, which I'm glad is up to 2 million views and has a 99% approval rate, is called I'm Worried About Humanity's Future. And, and while he does try to focus on the tech side of how tech, how software is making it so much worse, this polarization issue and, and how far apart we are drifting and how unreal our life is, he's talking about the exact same thing we're talking about. And it's one of these things where I'm realizing, not from him, but from others, a lot of people talk about polarization. And a lot of people yeah. talk about this contempt. A lot of people talk about this anger, but at the end of the day, a lot of these people talking about it are going, I am right. So I'm not going to move at all. Well, and
1: here's the here's other the thing, side though.
0: needs to unpolar depolarize toward right. me. I'm and, not depolarizing and, toward them.
1: Well, here's, here's, here's the, here's, uh, you touched on so many great things and I want to kind of, go back on this is one thing that, that, you know, we taught in anger management and, uh, those, those classes was exactly what you were talking about when, when you were talking about meeting hate with love. Now, here's the thing that is unbelievably hard to do, oh, yeah. especially when someone's coming at you, especially when someone's insulting you. And a lot of times the, the main argument I would get, especially when I would teach this in jails or wherever is people would say, so what you're saying is I just need to be a doormat. I just need to let them walk all over me and then I have to be kind to them. And that's the reason they get away with rape. That's the reason they get away with, with abuse. That's the reason they get away with this, you know? And here's the thing is, 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 when you look at it from that view, yes, th- th- that's not okay. Th- and we do need to come together and say, these things are not okay and we need to make legislation about it. We I definitely
0: to... wasn't suggesting let's meet rapists with love, by no, no, the way. I'm talking about our common everyday interactions right, with our right, other but, sides. Yeah.
1: It, yes. Yes. But, but hear me out. Hear me yeah. out. What I'm saying is, as I said before, you know, understanding hurt people, hurt people. And one of the best examples I can give of this is a practical real life example of a a mentor of mine who was actually in the middle of being mugged. Now, this person is the most like she's, she's older, like I think she's in her 60s. She's this tiny, tiny, like little black woman. And she was the most revered teacher in the prisons to where everybody was like do what she does she's the goat she's been doing this for 30 years now she has is just so good at this she's like a guru level she was taking a bus home in LA and got mugged as in somebody straight up pulled a gun out on her and I I know people are gonna hear this story and go that's ridiculous it's absolutely true someone pulled a gun out on her and was like give me your purse give me all your money right and she looked at him and just went like this, as calmly as you can imagine, went, are you, are you hungry? Are, are things tough financially? Is that what's going on? And she the mugger was like shocked. Like, what? what? You know? And she was like, honey, it's fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call the cops, I gonna do anything. If you're hungry, I get it. I mean, you could have asked me nicer, but let me reach in my pocket let me give you like 50 bucks I got about 50 bucks in here let me give you 50 bucks I can't give you my whole wallet because it's got my ID and I don't I mean it's it's gonna be way too hard but I'm not gonna call the cops I'm not gonna tell anyone on you I'm just happy to give you 50 dollars if you're hungry or you need help with rent and this man like this straight up gang member weeped in her arms for the entire bus drive home and now, I completely get, yes, that is one allegorical story. It, it You know, it's crazy. But the reason I love it. <laughs> it also does not it, sound true. But, it, you know, listen, I know it sounds absolutely crazy. I have I have one of my own. Another one of I was just, talking, so you, know, as you know, depending do, on
0: who you get. I feel like I do want to clarify this. The people who are going to be the best at these types of situations are the people who know to how to read and adapt and who just don't yes. default to this thing that society has said we should default to, which is being an angry douche all the time. Because you should know, right. in certain situations, what Dom just described is actually how people get stabbed.
1: Sure, sure. Like, but I just I mean, think listen, of that guy who was mugged. trying
0: to, the guy who was like, I'm going with all of the love and and uh, yes. uh, and, and, I, and well, spirit of to... Jesus Christ to this island of p pe- of christless people i'm going to show no, no, up no, with no, the no. bible and they're just going to accept it because they've been waiting for jesus no, for no, centuries no, no, no. that's not and then I'm he saying. died
1: no 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 that's not what i'm saying but, like i said understanding that story you have to understand the one i'm ta- woman i'm talking about has worked in depth with prisoners specifically for 30 years right so has has a level of expertise most people don't a- at all but my point is is that even when it comes to just everyday things going back to what you were talking about about people thinking they're right it's the, it's the righteous argument the issue is whatever side of the argument you're on if you're if you're a conservative if you're a liberal if you're whoever the reason that you feel so strongly about what you believe is you believe that you are morally right and if you are morally right then that means the other person is morally wrong or Evil, And what we do is we tend to demonize other people. And what I've been doing lately of the past few months is just listening, listening to people like I have a lot of friends who are conservative and they don't know that I'm leftist. Yeah. And I'll look at their Instagram posts and it'll say things like the demon Democrats or it'll say things like the evil, dirty Dems or these satanic liberals. And what I want to do is I want to reach out to them and go, hey, you know, you know, me, am I evil? Cause I am the people that you're talking about right now. And then on the flip side of that, on my side, I hear things all the time, like Nazis, fascists, you know, my mother's conservative. My mother is Jewish. She is not a Nazi. Sure. You know what I mean? Like there's no way around it. Well, I even just think about
0: like my own conservatism in the past where I'm like, look, There was a time that I genuinely thought because of current day uh, feelings about things, about current day social acceptance and stuff, that capitalism would actually be the most effective way to weed out racism. That like having an unchecked like less regulation would mean that more consequences would get dealed out. And that was a lot of people will then go like, oh, you're you don't want to see this legislation Therefore, you're a racist because this would have helped fight against racism. And I was sitting there going like, not a racist. Yes, naive for sure. Right. Like there right. was a there was a naivety that it was like, I think this would get solved by this. And and yet you don't get separated out the contempt for nobody cares about the nuance. They go, okay, you're on the side of this bill. I don't care about why. I associate the uh, failure of this bill with the success of racism, therefore, my, by my associations, you are a racist and should be treated right. as such.
1: And and here's, here's, here's the question that I think so many people need to be asking. And a lot of people don't want to, because a lot of the contempt, as we found out with Facebook, as we found out with other things, is by design. As in contempt sells, as we're talking about in this podcast.
0: Yeah, you are also, addicted to contempt.
1: You are addicted to contempt. And not only that, not only that contempt is what it 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 causes it causes that rage that fight or flight impulse in you to where you have to it, it creates that urge where you have to fight for your moral beliefs but here's the interesting thing is if you go back from a fight to a discussion i talk about this all the time but a discussion is where two people disagree but their goal is to learn from one another and I've been doing this. If you ask, let's say a liberal, why they hate conservatives or, 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 and I I phrase that specifically, why do you hate conservatives? You will get answers like they're racist, they're fascist, they're, they're anti-woman, you know, they're, they're, they're homophobic, they're transphobic. And and you, you get all these answers, right? And that's, and then you flip it and you ask, uh, conservatives, why do you hate liberals? And you get these wild things like they're child molesters, they're they're, right. They're, 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 uh, uh, baby killers. They're, um, you know, uh, also they're immoral, they're drug addicted, they're blah, 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 blah. And you hear these things. And, and then when you bring it back, when you, when you go, when you go, Oh, you know, a liberal, like, I do not, I am not a child molester, you know, and a conservative will go, well, I am not a Nazi. When you, when you reframe the question, when you ask somebody, Hey, why are you a liberal? The, The majority of the time you get people going, because I believe in human rights for all people. I believe in fairness and equality. I believe in, you know, all these things. And then when you ask somebody who's conservative, why are you conservative? They'll give you answers like, you know, because I mean, it's tough for me to say because I'm not conservative. But a lot of times it's things like like I believe in individual freedoms or. I yeah, well, I mean, one of the most whatever. common
0: things that if you actually like poll people is uh, a common sentiment amongst people on the right is an absolute disbelief that government is capable of working. Like they yes. just don't think yes. government can do I, I positive things for I don't trust the, the
1: government with my family. I, I also believe in hard work, or or I believe in and and. But here's the point, and this is this is what's really interesting. And I'm interested to see what you think about this. I know we got to get wrapped up soon. So, I there's somebody who was telling me this person literally is a, a graduate of West Point, is working for the military, and their life goal is to be at the highest level of like. Uh, political advising for a president, strategic. Now they're young, they're in their, in their late twenties now, um, but still do Intel for the military. And this person was telling me that he's kind of obsessed with Vladimir Putin because he believes that all this Russian collusion we're talking about and them interfering with, you know, social media and elections and things like that is by design. And what the goal is, is it's understanding that America has way too much weaponry we we spend way too much money on arms to actually go in any kind of battle against a world power uh, th- there's no interest in that like it's too it's too much destruction and we're too well equipped so The strategy that he believes Putin is putting into place is going, I'm going to tear them apart from the inside. I'm going to make them go to war with each other. I'm going to make them, as in Americans, start hating each other so much based on their differences and what separates them that – I, as another world power, won't need to go to war with them. What I'm going to do is make them go to war with each other. Right. And then as soon as they're so busy fighting each other over every little thing, that's when it's going to be so easy to just topple them over. And he was explaining this to me now, whether it's true or not, I don't know, but I thought it was very fascinating and it made me look at the way we are hating each other. And it's almost like pick a thing. I mean, if it's not politics, it's race. If it's not race, it's orientation. If it's not orientation, it's religion. If it's not religion, it's there are so, and, and it's, it's all perpetuated on social media as in you put on social media and it's like, pick your tribe and kill the other side. Yeah, And that's, that's what so many people live for now. And it's, it's, it is very, very bleak. And the only way I see around it is starting to unify each other. And and that's why I'm such an advocate of conversation culture.
0: Right. And I'm totally not. uh, Yeah, I am. I am still here to have the arguments and the fights and the debates about specific things. But I'm also at a point where I'm like, if I am on, if I am at, if I am very against a certain thing that's being presented by somebody or a large amount of people. Uh, it is now important to me that I actually one-on-one meet with a person who represents that view. Uh, and preferably, yes. preferably like the loud ones. I would love to meet with Girl Defined, even if it wasn't on air, just one-on-one, we're going to talk. Because I think it's going to remind me of their humanity and they'll be reminded of mine. Uh, and and there will be a... a <sighs> I'm still going to fight as vigorously against stuff yes. they do. But sometimes even that has changed. You know who I, I, I lost interest in having a huge amount of arguments with, uh, was Quaiku after Quaku and I literally were like, this is, th- this is what was happening. So Quaiku, uh, uh, saints unscripted three Mormons. Uh, that's, that's the stuff he used to do and is a very inflammatory guy says a lot of stuff. I disagree with attacks people. Uh, I like in ways I don't agree with, uh, And, and I wish he would do with some of these other people, what he and I did. Cause there was a day that we were in each other's DMS just at each other's throats. And then, uh, I think, I think it was me, but at least one of us was like, dude, say it to my face, man, let's get on a fucking, like, let's get on a video call right now. Let's fucking do this shit. And, and he was like, as soon as I get out of my class, hell yeah. Like, and, and, and we're like going at each other's throats. And then we end up on this video call and within two minutes, the whole thing is diffused. And it's like, "Yep, you're actually like kind of a cool dude to talk to like as far as, but right. again, but and now there will be people who will just isolate to, but Kwaku actually since then has done this or this or this. And I'm like, yeah, those things fucking suck. And if he wanted to talk to him face to face about him, I would, it was interesting. I think the reason why I haven't had an interest in fighting with him, over YouTube since then is because I know, one, I have access to him. If if I want to talk about it, if there's something specific he's doing that I really want to talk about that thing, I can just talk to him about it. And that uh, for my own satisfaction is good enough. And the things that are otherwise these larger problems and larger issues uh, there is no shortage of people to represent those things. And so it's, it, it, it is interesting how, like, I'm not kidding, man. We were like at each other's throats, like low key, almost doing that, like, right. sort of like, uh, uh, sort of low key, like su- things that almost sound threatening, not like threatening necessarily harm to each other, but right. just like, uh, just like, I don't think you're going to like the way this goes. I don't think, you know what yeah, right, right. We were like
1: it, it, it at each other's throats. Right.
0: And then even a video call, it was like within minutes. Instead of starting off with "fuck you, dude," with this thing and this thing and this thing, uh, I had a few minutes to defuse because he needed a few minutes to get out of class. And I was like, you know what? Instead of asking it, like attacking right on, I'm gonna ask him about the class he just left. And that I think was the thing that made it totally well, different. You know what I mean? Yes, instead of going I like, mean, look, "fuck you" with this thing, it was like so. It's like, oh, man, there you are. First, how was your humanities class or whatever
1: fucking class? I right, was? right, yeah. right, right. Well, and that's the thing is that like like, even even you and I are a great example because you and I differ. Like you and I have gotten into like heated debates about religion or whatever. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is well, even though.
0: Debate is debate's generous. That sounds yeah. like you had equal footing. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> You're right. Well, here's <laughs> the point. You know, the point is, is that we're able, we're able to have these heated debates. And there are times like, look, your, your, your brother threw a glove at us one time. But it wasn't the about the so topic.
0: Heated. He didn't right. throw a glove about the topic. He threw a glove about us wasting his time because he wanted to go home. Exactly. And he he wanted to go us. home. Yeah.
1: No, I get it. But, but my point is they get very, very, very heated. Yeah. But never once does it affect our friendship. Never once does it affect my love for you. Never once do I like, I, at the end of the day, I can just go, you know what? Jimmy said a lot of stuff that made me think I learned a lot from that. Like, all, but, and, and I disagree with this, you know, thing he might've been saying, but you know what? Like, I still respect him and I still like him and I still, and that, I understand that you can't, and, and then I'm that.
0: there like, man, he made horrible points, but he'll come around.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is that what I am saying is that I know you can't do that when it comes to somebody going, I want you and everyone who, who believes your way of life to right. be gone. I, I, yeah, you can't do that. My ability but- to interact
0: with you like that is purely because it's not about you versus me. And I'll yes. tell you what, the place where I haven't come around yet on and may never is, uh, uh, I'm, a public, I'm a figure on the internet. And so it's literally like, there are people who it's not about anything now besides me. It's literally in right. their mind, they hate me they, whatever I do, they will figure out a way to spin as this great evil. And so there where it's like, okay, you're saying these things that are about me that are attached to these concepts that I'd happily debate with a person about, or talk with a person about, or clarify with a person about, except for that. Clearly your motivation here is entirely a hatred of me. And that's yes. all that at the end of the day is all you and- are looking for is What's the next thing? And I've, I've literally seen this where you can say, I believe this. And people go, oh, my God, you're the worst. And then you're like, after evaluation, I actually realize I believe this now. And then they figure out how to make their the thing that is now you on their side, you being evil still. Right. You being wrong. Right. It, there's no well, satisfying those people. Well, and well, those here's, people here's, I still get very
1: petty with. And I'm like, no, yeah, just go fucking well, – live underground because because it becomes a personal attack. And and here's the thing, you know, and this is, this is kind of, you know, summarizes what, what I think we've been talking about, at least where I'm coming from. You know, I remember like I was at a family gathering and a family member said something and I'm being completely transparent here. When they said what they said, my honest thought was life would be better if you were dead. I honestly thought that.
0: And And, I don't think we, so I do want to jump in right real quick before you finish the story. I am also guilty of thinking the phrase "I wish so and so" was dead, but right. it's it's a, a lot. I've realized it's the same thing as I have uh uh there is a difference between feeling like you want to be dead and being actually suicidal where you're like yes. beginning the mental steps toward ending your life versus not like so badly just not wanting to be alive they're technically different states in therapy you learn a lot more about them how to identify the differences and what to do and I've realized it's the exact same thing so when I oftentimes and in the last year it has been a lot of just spending a lot of time wishing I was dead. But a lot of times when I say the phrase, I wish I was dead in my head, I don't actually mean that. I just mean I wish things were different. I wish I didn't have certain anxieties coming forward. In reality, you don't want to be dead. You just don't want to be alive. You don't want to be that. You don't want that aspect of your life. So a lot, oftentimes I'm thinking, I, I far too often think, this person I hate. I wish they were dead. Well, and the, yeah, and but this them is, being this is... different or them just not being a part of my life would also suffice just as much because of the seven billion people that are on this planet, or maybe it's getting close to eight. Most of them are as good as dead to me, as in they don't affect my life whatsoever. And so, right. uh, you could also just well, say, "I wish that person was one of the people that doesn't affect my life at all." Anyway, on to right, the well, uncle me... that you were plotting a murder of.
1: Well, no, no, no. And and, let me just, just to take that one step further, you know, just to take that one step further, what this person said, you know, it was a family gathering. What this person had said was, uh, if you believe that black lives matter bullshit, you can get the fuck out of my house and never come back. That was the exact phrase that they had used right now. Here's, here's the thing is that in that moment when they said that, I remember thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, life would be so much better if you weren't around like if, yeah. if you were dead but but here's upon reflection what i realized exactly like you were saying i was going oh wait no here's the problem the problem is racism exists and the problem is there are people every single day who are being hurt and even killed because of racism and it's the idea that you believe that this person is perpetuating that is keeping that notion alive right that 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 is that is is you know, um, that, that is making it possible for this kind of to continue. And so in all seriousness, killing my, whoever this was at this point is not going to really help anything other than get me incarcerated and whatever, whatever, you know what I mean? Like you said, what I really want is for the idea itself to die. Now I didn't do that. What I, what we did do is we ended up actually getting into a conversation and talking this out and essentially coming to the realization that when this person hears black lives matter of course they see the bigoted stuff they see on the news on their the news they watch where it seems like it's just a bunch of people rioting and killing police officers and blah 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 and they were putting an imaginary only before black lives matter whereas i was trying to explain and show videos of innocent black people being killed by police and saying black lives matter too. And I'm not saying we ended in an agreement, but I do believe we heard each other out. Now here's what's really interesting is that what I've realized is people do have a propensity to change. And this is something you can even look up once again, allegorical story. I promise to keep it very swift is one of my favorite. We have to go. You have 30 seconds. I I, I, I literally had my finger hovering over
0: the music button.
1: I will conclude. There was an episode of, like a classic episode of Oprah that we showed in the jails of a member of the Ku Klux Klan.
0: Okay, I'll I'll back up.
1: Just hear me out. There was a member of the Ku Klux Klan who was literally a general of the Ku Klux Klan, believed white people were superior, all this stuff. And then his daughter got pregnant by a black guy and he told her to abort the baby and all this stuff, blah blah blah. Suddenly it was pro abortion. Well, no, yeah, he ended up having he ended up having a black grandchild and he talks, he's on Oprah and he talks about how the second this black grandchild comes up to him and starts calling him grandpa and saying I love you and all this, that's what him – he realized, oh my god, like this child has no concept of what race even is right. and I love this child and all this. And the big reveal in the episode is that not only did he quit the Ku Klux Klan and denounce all the beliefs, he's adopted – like three children from Africa himself now. And it's a very beautiful episode, tearjerker. But but the point of it is, is that people can change when they do exactly what you were talking about earlier, which is instead of being met with contempt and instead of being met with hatred and instead of being met with, I'm just going to attack you as a person because you're attacking me as a person. When you're actually met with the question, why do you believe this? Or You know when 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 people actually get to see you and know you and and befriend you, that's when people start changing.
0: That's beautiful. (laughs) Anyway, Dominic one hundred percent did kill that family member.
1: (laughs) He's he's dead now. He's
0: dead. He also thinks that everything Dave Chappelle has ever said is totally correct. (laughs) Also, Bill Burr. Uh, And if you get anything out of this whole thing, hashtag Dom is over, hashtag cancel Dominic, hashtag. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for joining. It's been a wonderful day, a wonderful conversation. And as as ridiculous and silly and fruity as it may sound, just try. Sometime this week, you're going to be online. You're going to see some contempt and try and meet it with love. I know it's the type of advice that when I hear, I roll my eyes, and yet I'm sitting here going, I can't, I can't poke a lot of holes in it. And uh, what we're doing now isn't sustainable. The contempt on contempt on contempt on contempt. It, it just, it can't be. I'm Jimmy Snow. I've been joined by Dominic Syracuse. Catch us live at Madison Square Garden this Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, we The show is sold out But we will be streaming yeah. it None of this is true yeah, um, none, none, none of it But maybe one day Who knows hey, Who knows And if, if you have uh, topics you think we should cover You want us to to talk more about one thing You want us to cover something Or you would like to see us live somewhere near you Text us the information of how you think that should happen. We have this text list, 720-495-4905. We're thinking about taking things to the road before too long, doing a show like this live where people can come and join and hang out. If you'd like to see that right now, we are resource gathering. We are figuring out how any of that could happen. Also... Links, if you are watching this on YouTube, to all the places you can find this podcast. And if you thought this was a thought-provoking podcast, you heard some things that, that you want to talk to others about, you want others to hear it, why not tell a friend about it? They can find it on Podbean, they can find it on Spotify, they can find it on TuneIn, they can find it on Google, and I think they might be able to find it on iTunes, but I'm still working to make sure that that is true. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll get back to everybody on it. Thank you all for watching and joining and listening and doing whatever and being you, who I have contempt for. Good night, everyone.